100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge-to-edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no-fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Cross and Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by the man, Johnny Stewart, my cousin, Mason Martonic, and my dad, Joe Martonic. So these are some of the best, most accomplished big woods hunters that I personally know and during the archery seasons. And I've decided to do a round table discussion with them at Johnny's deer camp, all about hunting the pre-rut and the rut. So specific topics uh, will include first starting off with Johnny's story about his public land, West Virginia buck that he took a few weeks ago, kind of breaking down that hunt and how he found success on an old eight point on that piece of public ground. Uh, What to do when you're not finding sign, some late October strategies, the best time of the day for activity, the top scrape locations to hunt, how to figure out where to hunt and having confidence in doing that, which is by far, I did an Instagram survey, I don't know, a couple weeks ago about rut struggles and what people struggled with during the rut and got 300 and some responses and actually might even be more uh, by the last time I looked at it, but it was very focused, probably 75, 80% all about the same problem of not having confidence in their spot or having too many locations, not knowing where to go. So we cover that in detail, um, how much you should rely on trail cameras and more. So I split this up into two parts. So that's, this is just what's part of this first part here. Uh, and then later this week, I'll drop the second episode, break it into a little bit more bite-sized pieces so that that you can listen to it rather than having just a, a big two hour and something long conversation. So broke that up into two parts uh, for your listening pleasure. So I really enjoyed recording this episode with these guys and sitting down and, and talking through it and always learn something, no matter how much time I spend around them, uh, getting some of these questions out, I think was, was really good, good conversation. It's it's a uh, favorite time to be in the woods for us whitetail hunters and in the big woods. I think there's no better time to capitalize than the next few weeks here. So I, I hope everyone has some luck with that. But first I wanted to share the, the mountain buck Monday story of the week, which I just shared on East meets West Facebook and Instagram page yesterday, which is from Justin Crossley out of Pennsylvania. So Justin wrote in, Years of trail camera data and scouting for consistent good buck sign has helped me narrow down locations in the northern PA big woods. One particular spot has become deadly over the years because I only hunt it once and I like to keep it fresh. This year I decided to try out a foldable decoy of a small six point buck that we called Dinker. On November 9th, I went into a spot and put Dinker out in front of me. I had planned on doing some calls, but it was super calm, so I decided to wait. And 20 minutes after uh, legal shooting light, I heard something behind me, and I could see a buck coming up over the ridge, and he locked on to Dinker. After about a minute of a stare down, uh, he turned and headed towards the decoy. It felt like forever as he would stop every few steps and stare at Dinker. He finally cleared some limbs and I could arrow him at less than 10 yards as he was focused on the decoy. He ran just 60 yards and fell over. He was my biggest eight point ever and my widest buck ever. I always use the wind and thermals to my advantage and the decoy is just another tool to use in the big woods. I doubt it will always work this well, but it's worth the risk to me. 
And you need to go check out this photo. It's one of the widest deer that, that I've seen in a long time coming out of the, the big woods. So awesome buck, Justin. This isn't his first time on Mountain Buck Monday. Killed a big one a few years ago, I believe, uh, that I had shared the story on. So must be doing something right. Congratulations on that. Uh, really, really appreciate you sending that that story in. And also decoys are, we didn't talk about them at all in this, these couple podcasts here, but I do use decoys, uh, during the rut in specific locations. If I'm trying to catch the attention of a deer and pull them over to a spot, uh, not in all situations do I use them, but I have used them and had luck with them and also have had them become afraid of it too. So it's like, as Justin said, there's a risk element to it. But, uh, I, I think a lot of times, depending on the situation, it can, can work out in your favor. But with that being said, uh, just drop my New York buck video from last year. So that, that hunt happened on October 23rd, 2021. So I just released the video on that where I self-filmed, uh, just kind of the process of it and showing it and, and getting that buck out. So still trying to put out stuff there on YouTube weekly outside of the podcast. Um, so to go over and check, check that out. And, uh, if you like the YouTube channel, please give it a thumbs up, leave a comment and, and subscribe. That helps out a ton. Uh, but yeah, just keeping, keeping down the, the rabbit hole and focusing on these podcasts to get out to you at this time of year. Um, personally, uh, I've been out in the woods scouting quite a bit, a, d- a decent amount, just kind of trying to find fresh sign and it's starting to definitely pop up. I think towards the end of this week here, I'm going to spend some time in the tree. Well, I definitely will be, but uh, I'm going to, I'm still going to focus on at least a few hours a day as I'm trying to catch up with getting the, getting the content out and getting some articles I need written done. Um, but focusing on just scouting and getting cameras set, whether I ever or even hunt the areas this year, uh, to get some Intel for the following years, trying to get cameras out, moving around and then putting together a plan, at least in my area, uh, Spartan Forge is showing actually full range days starting the day that this podcast comes out, um, through the rest of this week. And in another area that I hunt, not until later in the week, does it show full range movement. So that's exciting. But, uh, with that being said, I hope everyone has a great rest of your week and enjoys these couple podcast episodes. If you like them, share them with your friends, family, everything that helps out so much. And also, head over to the website if you want to check out the whole deer camp line of apparel at eastmeetswesthunt.com slash shop you can check that out and uh we will talk to you soon all right i think we're we're live john are you ready i'm ready well oh yeah <laughs> this is this is gonna be a good one we're at johnny's camp and i guess the date here of recording this is october the 20th so just about to get good so looking i guess from your screen left to right we got the man, Johnny Stewart, over here. How about Johnny? You do the introductions. All right, so you got me, Johnny Stewart, the Johnny Stewart. <laughs> How am I sounding? Good? Yeah, you sound good. Should I look at the camera? You can do whatever you want, John. I'm going to turn around. <laughs> Backwards. Mountain Man Joe. He should be number one with the mic, not you. <laughs> <laughs> and we got, of course... What do we say? Uh, Mason got a nickname for his deflection, or just Mason, Mason McMartonic, the Elk Slayer. <laughs> there we there go. You go. I like it. <laughs> and Bo, what's mine? The Great. <laughs> wow, Bo knows. Bo knows. Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, we're, we're at camp. It's, it's the first time you've been at camp with us. We've, we've been having time at camp, but we've, you know, haven't included you, I guess, up to this point at our camp. What, your camp? Which camp? Deer camp. My grandpa's camp. This year, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get the invite. I You've here. Been, no, you were down in Ohio. Or I was something. sitting here sulking. I was like, I wonder if Bo's going to invite me up to camp. I thought you were talking about all the times you are drinking beer at Johnny's camp and he wasn't here. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, like, that's what I was camp. thinking about. I thought we weren't going to say nothing, Bo. <laughs> yeah. Where you been, John? We've been here at your camp drinking, partying. <laughs> we cleaned up pretty nice. You did though. good. I didn't know. I blamed it on the neighbor. It stayed once or twice. I was bitching at him. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying with the when the neighbor was staying here? Uh Greg. Greg, about the, the gas meter. <laughs> oh yeah, I come up and uh he's working on his camp next door. He bought the camp next door and I and uh I'd come up and he had the damn thermostat on seventy five, you know, like he's paying like <laughs> like he's not paying for it, you know. I said, well, I've come in. I said, damn, Greg. I said, we got to get some WD-40 on my gas meter. The bearings are wearing out. It's spinning so fast over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I said, throw a log on a fire. You don't have to use all my gas. So, oh, yeah. That, He's out, though. He moved He moved in next door. Got it Got it all fixed Got up. it finished, yep. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's a nice, nice area you got here. You got your, your food plots looking good back there. It's green. It's uh, the turnips didn't do real good. Um, I think the biggest buck we got here is in the backyard at night. A good twelve, hmm. probably. You high. never showed us the picture. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. We know how that goes. The big eight, nice twelve. Well, he's a twelve. He got kickers off his twos, but um, he's down here in the middle of the night. He'll, he'll probably daylight maybe when he needs to find a girlfriend. I'm thinking. Got some does hanging around. Oh yeah. Neighbor shot one at night. I had to go drag it out of the hollow for him. Yeah, we uh, I, I we got to camp. So me and my dad and Mason show up and open the door. We're yelling, no Johnny. There's a note written there. It looks like a preschool kid <laughs> wrote it. <laughs> Bo, I'm up on the hill dragging do- neighbor's doe. Yeah. Be he, back soon. I told the neighbors at Honey, I said, just sit here in a blind. All the deer will come out in the field. Uh, you know, I only got an acre, not even an acre, and they got to go up in the woods and chase them around. So I got here. I was slaving over some jalapeno poppers, some hors d'oeuvres for the gang when they got here you for both. did a good job with that, too. Yeah, I had my recipe book out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't believe that one second. No. You didn't even know how to turn your stove on. That's the first time I use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the neighbor stopped. I need a hand. All right, I shot a doe, and he pulled out Offix, and he's like, I'm like, oh, what are you doing way up? I shot a doe way up the hollow, up over the mountain. I'm like, what? I got my four-wheeler. Let's go. So I can get on the back of the four-wheeler. He got a four-wheeler trail. and goes all the way up there. And then we park. He's like, here it is over there. You know, and he got bad knees. I was like, take me through the jungle, down a mountain, down in the creek. He's like, I'll help you. I said, No, you just you just hold the light, <laughs> you know. That <laughs> <laughs> well, was all good. You you weren't gone that long. Well, we only drank about three or four of your beers while well, we were waiting. When when the the 
lady neighbor showed up and said, "Hey, is anybody helping the, the you know the guy that shot Steve, the yeah. it shot the doe?" And I'm like, yeah, "I think Johnny is." He left us a note, and she's like, "Oh, he's way up there." And I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh God, this is gonna be a late night." No, but, no, you you were back down pretty quick. I mean, you were sweaty, but like I had beer to drink. I had to get done with that drag. Yeah, that, give a dog a bone. A little motivation. Yeah. You got, that's your favorite stuff. I brought you some big truck. Yeah, the big truck's good stuff. It's high, hazy IPA. I like it. That's that's the, that's the best right there. Is that that's your guys' favorite? Yeah. Yeah, too bad we ain't got any more. I, I didn't think that you guys were going to drink at all before we started recording, but. Mm-hmm. If we weren't waiting for Johnny, we probably would have had enough. The neighbor's like, he, his, uh, they do a lot of butcher and make sausage. You know, what do you want? You want summer sausage? What do you want? Uh, he makes deer sticks, this and that. Italian sausage. He said, I'll make you something. I said, right. He always drops stuff off. Um, so I got some meat coming. No, oh, there you go. Well, you got some meat because you already shot a West Virginia buck. Yeah. Yeah, I got a nice deer um, about 40 minutes from my house near Pittsburgh. There's a piece of public that I grew up hunting. Um, I haven't been there in 20 years. Um, so I went out there this summer, dropped some cams, and. Uh, Got out there in September, and this deer was the biggest deer I had on camera. Um, the camera's up in a tree, aiming down. I had him, and and when I checked it, checked it, I'm like, man, that's <clears throat> that's the biggest deer in here. I figured like maybe 120, 100, maybe you know, low 20s. Um, I almost didn't want to shoot him. I was wanting something bigger. Um, but then I saw him the one morning when I was hunting, and it was like, you know, he ain't bad. I'll have to take him out of the herd. <laughs> that's a great deer especially for he's a good deer that's yeah a good deer. that's a good deer i was happy with him um he was bedding a, in a cut and um he come up out of there like like it never happens that way but there was a little um swell little ditch going down into the cut and he come up that little ditch maybe catching thermals drifting down and there was a little snag of trees that he gravitated to and in that dip and he uh Stood there for a couple of minutes. He come up and I shot him, and that was it. Well, expl- no, explain, explain how you were explaining to us earlier, like how you kind of found that spot. You're like, if there's a mature deer living here, you found like an eastern facing ridge, and it was on the far end of the the public, basically, is what you were saying. Yeah, I like finding. Uh, biggest thing I find is more rugged, not so much gradual terrain is east facing finger ridges, because it's with your southwest wind, you can't even get to them you know yeah mm-hmm. and so that's what this was and uh the north of the east face of, of, the, of that ridge line was private cut and uh if you follow the ridge it kind of um the left side of the ridge um near the point near the end is was kind of gradual and that was the private and it was just like a, i could see on on uh, spartan forge it was kind of a flat and i could see being on the, on the public i could kind of see i said that's where he's living you know, and I got him on camera once, but um, we had like five days of northeast wind. Any other time, I could have never hunted there. Southwest, west, west, southwest, never. And he, I boiled his skull out, and, he, and I'd say he's probably, his teeth were wore down. I just compared his, I got his bottom jaw, but his top uh, teeth in, in his skull were probably, compared to what another year, I'm figuring he's probably six, at least six years old. Yeah, but I'm figuring I got in there it was October second, and no, he never seen. He'd been living there maybe um, for 
in that area probably three to four years and doing the same thing and just so comfortable with it. You know, it's association. They don't know. He'd never seen anybody back there. It was a 40 minute walk from one side of the public to the other. And that early in October, he was just so comfortable with living and letting his guard down on that uh, northeast wind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just keep keep doing what would always worked and and uh, yeah, it worked out. I shot him at twenty yards and drag wasn't too bad. I had to go across. The, it would remind me of Bo, Bo dragging his deer, that big one across the creek. Yeah, you did have to do that. Yeah, I've got took the waders. So I uh, drug him down to the creek. It was like a cliff. Half the time, deer just fell down a cliff to the <laughs> creek. <laughs> then I had my buddy. I called my buddy, and he met me on the other side. And uh, it took me an hour to get back to my ride. I had waders, and I drove all the way around, put them waders on. And it was right after some hurricane or somewhere come through. And we had two days of rain, and it was ripping pretty hardcore, you know? Yeah. So I got across, and I, it, it worked out pretty good. It was, uh, boy, I was wore out. You're getting older. Whoa. I am. I don't feel old. I feel good. That's good. You should see me dragging that doe. Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you coming down through the field. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wanted a beer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're coming pretty hard. <laughs> I think that was my West Virginia. It was nice to shoot a deer in October because it's been so many years. I don't, Probably 15 20 years since i shot a deer in october well you're always working in october normally. yeah that four-letter word yeah so this year I'm, i kind of <laughs> rearranged it and made sure i got some hunting time it was nice to shoot a deer early you know i like that and i feel like you can get on a little more of it like i said no one's out there that early if you can find him and he's still in his you know normal uh maybe summertime going into fall habits and nobody's messing with them yeah you can you can capitalize on them you know then you get in october guys start getting out there and then it might turn a little more nocturnal on that but <clears throat> it was a fun hunt yeah I'm, I'm glad yeah you called it you texted me that day and said you were going to shoot that buck and you did exactly mm-hmm. exactly that you're like you felt good about it you were confident and and you're set up and and it obviously worked out and you're like you were saying about that little that little swell that yeah, a little there. swell it's in minute things like when you start setting your tree stand up you're like okay where because you know you could shoot th- you know 30 40 yards each way so i gotta be exactly where he walks and he don't just walk anywhere just for like loady dude i'm just gonna walk here like you know what i mean there's a there's a reason for him and then when i you know because that that ridge line was probably three four hundred yards and he was coming it was cut on the north side the whole way so okay where's he coming out and um i just looked down that ridge line i just seen that little dip going down in in you know which was the, to the north um into the private and the cut and like i said it was just like fish out in the ocean they're gonna gravitate towards something you know and then i seen that snag a dead tree and i said he's gonna walk right to that and he's gonna just and he did exactly what i'm like wow this never happens yeah. He stood there and the thermals, you know, even though it was an east-northeast wind, you know, when that sun went down, the thermals drifted right down that ditch. So I made sure I was west 30 yards of that swell. I didn't want to, you know, because mm-hmm. he would have smelled me. So I, that's, it worked out perfectly. You know, you've got to be meticulous and, you know. Yeah, to get in bow range, you know, yeah. that's a whole different world. What Do you think, like, so you said it was like a northeast wind and it was kind of set up, you know, with that east facing ridge do you think that when they switch those winds like that that they change their bedding up or do you think they have kind of those homes and they just kind of I yeah I think that that deer was just so comfortable and was doing the same thing every day 
that no one messed with them. Yeah. And, and he'd send the other deer up there first. There was a small buck and does all go out and kind of, he would, he would be the last one, but, um, was there much of a trail system coming up through there, there was, as well? Or? I think they they come up out of the thick stuff and they they headed uh, west on that on that ridge. And I think there was pri- there was some private and I can see fields. I think them does were starting to march, you know, west on that ridge and uh, kind of heading toward those fields. You know, probably getting there right around dark. He probably gets there right right around dark. They probably get there before dark. But mm-hmm. um, that's um, I think that was. Yeah, I bet you them fields were probably 600 yards. But, I mean, they'll go, you know, they'll just mosey up. And it wasn't, it was wild. I seen the does come out, and it was like beeline. We have a place to be. And there was trails running that way. They come up, and uh, that that was their pattern, you know what I mean? It was it was pretty neat. I, they were going from point A to point B because there was trails running that whole length of that ridge. There was a fair amount of deer there, you know. But even the does come out, there was like, even with the wind walking with the wind at their back they weren't bothered because this is something they you know they're comfortable no no you know maybe with an exception of a coyote here or there but no one messing with them as far as a predator you know so everything was you know no deer were like looking up in trees and no one was hunting there yet so it was it was it was a cool spot that i'm like man this could really happen you know what were you seeing for sign that you picked that spot he he laid down some nice rubs um i was expecting a bigger deer but after having my camera there, like mid-August till then, uh, he was the only one there. So smaller deer. I know he rubbed the six-inch tree. Um, wasn't real high, but he, he got the bark off it. And then there was a maybe size of a beer can. And he rubbed it up high, really. Like, I'm like, that's a good... And it was early. Like, I'm, I'm talking second week of September. I'm like, man, that's a... He was a mature deer. You know, he wasn't a you know juvenile or anything he was yeah he, he was a, a good deer so um maybe he had a bigger rack at one time and he just but yeah i seen all i don't rubs. know what my dad said that he was you think he was old because he was chewing on you know that his teeth were down but he's saying that he's just chewing on rocks that's chewing why on rocks he's yeah. probably a two-year-old tough tough deer yeah he ain't been to the dentist in a while <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're John, no, that, we're John on you a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to had to ride you with it a little bit. No, I know. Joe's looking at teeth. Ah, I don't know. I think he just. I was like, Dave, he's old Joe. Look at. I think he's ah, a year just, and a half. Just been chewing on. He's rock. just chewing on there at, at rocks down there. You get that in their mouth when they're down in West Virginia. <laughs> You're right. I shot a immature deer. <laughs> no, really, I ground him down with a foul. Uh, that's a good trick. Yeah. To make everyone think that it's an older deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I don't remember seeing a picture of the body. I think it, I, I don't know if you, there wasn't even a well, picture with you with it. Is are you sh- sure you shot it or did you hit it with your truck? Uh, yeah, I shot it. All right. All Why'd right. you get a new vehicle recently? Yeah, you're right. You got- <laughs> 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 well, the front end of mine was kind of banged up. <laughs> <laughs> not related. Yeah, yeah, not, not, you know, I mean. Yeah, that was, that, that happened like, End of September, not early October. Yeah, that was, I was, it's been like that. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> no, that's awesome. It's, that's good to get one like kicked off of the season there. It kind of, I don't know, it feels like it, it relieves a little bit of that anxiety, you know, like no matter as much as you, you're excited for deer season, you always have that like anxiety too of like, 
when you have a tag still in your pocket, when you get one out of the way, I feel, I don't know. The way I feel is that you feel a little bit of relief. Do you feel that way? Definitely. And I was like dealing with some target panic, which was bothering me a lot, you know, and then just shooting that deer held out, you know, giving you that confidence that when a deer's in range, you could take it. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is a small, smallest deer I shoot all year or whatever, but at least I broke the ice. I got the monkey off my back, you know? So yeah, and that's no, that was a good deer. When I seen, joking yeah, with you about that. no, yeah, <laughs> no, but when I did see him, I'm like, you know, I, that the one morning I seen him when I was there, and I said, I'll take him, I'm taking him out of the herd, you know. So, so then when I when I decided to hunt that deer, then it was it was fun, you know what I mean? Like this is the one I want to hunt. So it kind of it wasn't just like I'm waiting for a certain any any deer to come. I said I'll take him. So yeah, that was. I think you could take like three buck in West Virginia. Yeah, you I was talking to Bill. Yeah. Wow. So I did get a rifle tag and an additional rifle, but I was trying to, I was trying to somehow to try to get back down at a bow hunt as if I have time to, you know, add another, you know. Yeah. But I think Ohio, you have a North Dakota tag, you have yeah. Pennsylvania tag, as if you have all this time. Yeah, Luckily, I, you, I mean, I, I, I give you credit that you figured out, you know, this year as far as setting up your business so that you can hunt in October this year. Because normally, yeah. you know, Johnny's known as the, the late season guy, but that's because you don't really hunt normally in October. Mm-hmm. Like you've always been, uh, you know, starting, you know, even sometimes late in the rut, like you, you don't get out until a little bit into November and then December and January, you're always, you know, getting after it when everybody else is, you know, sitting on a couch, you know, stuffing their faces with Thanksgiving, Christmas food and, Bo, Bo gives, throws a towel and Bo, you want to go hunting? I'm done. I'm more burned out. One time I said that. That was like, <laughs> you were like, Johnny texted me like January 18th one year. I was like, you want to go Ohio? I'm like, I really don't want to go. <laughs> I, I know. I you, You've given me crap for that sense and I yeah. promise you I won't say no now. <laughs> I remember that year we were picking sheds up and Johnny still wanting to go hunting. Well, we were down in Ohio last year when my buddies come down and I'm going up in the woods with my boat, air across the street, picking up horns. You know? <laughs> so the next day, I'm like, you know what? I got up in the morning, and I just started a fire and started drinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't go hunting. So, and I, fit, like, I think it was pretty wild because, you know, I didn't start hunting last year until, like, November 14th after the veteran sign. That's the first time I got to hunt. I think I went and sat in the woods once or twice to jump out, but it wasn't like, uh, you know, I was, I was serious about my hunt, but then. You go all year, and it was like that, like your brain's in go mode. It's hunting season. I'm hunting. I'm hunting. And then when I decided to throw the towel in, it was like a weight off my back. You know, you got to hunt. I got to go because that's mm-hmm. the frame of mind you're in. And that next day I said, I'm done for the year. You know, it's like if you do shoot your one and only buck that you wanted to hunt, and you just like drink a bit, celebrate, you know. So like, yep. and that's what I say about hunting the whole season, even if you don't like kill a deer. You know, once you decide it's over, I, I that next day I just drank beer. I said, and I just sat there and enjoyed my, you know, reflected on the season. It's over, and I'm done. I'm drinking beer and not thinking where, you know, looking at my phone, wondering where, you know, where I should grab a camera or where I should go hunting tomorrow or what the weather is. It's like all that stuff that you do to try to figure these animals out. Then you just it's just gone. It's like crack a beer. I'm done. You know. Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others? Available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. 
I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series, but they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. Yeah, once you admit you have a problem, then it's <laughs> <Yeah>. relief there. <laughs> it's, right. it's an addiction. It's bad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it is funny, though. Like, you, you wait all year for hunting season, and you can't wait. And then, but there also gets that, there. there's a point where you're like, you're like, I really want to shoot something. Like, you almost, like, build this anxiety in yourself, like, that, I don't know, like Mason and I talked about it today on the phone. He called me, Mason called me today to, to talk. He's like, should I, uh, should I take off work, you know, tomorrow or the next day to go hunting? And he's like, I, I don't know. I'm just, he goes, I just all of a sudden started getting stressed about hunting season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was panicked to work today for no reason. I just started thinking about hunting, getting in my own head. I called, well, what are your trail cameras doing? What's, what's happening? Yeah. Cause I'm not seeing anything. And, uh, yeah, I only have limited time this year because I spent all my time out in Montana. So uh, take, taking a time off is a, a bad decision. Not that I was, I was half, half considering it, but Bo's like, yeah, d- definitely just save, just save your time. Nothing's happening on my yeah. end. John's out there busting his ass and he ain't seen nothing. Just relax. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I said, you're not alone, Mason. I said, my cameras aren't like fired off or anything anyways. Like they're not, mine aren't anything crazy. So, and then he's talking me off my ledge and then he starts vent, venting like he's going to therapy about what he's trying to find his bucks now too. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's therapy it, time. Bo's unplugging me here, so yeah. that's enough Sorry. to do. <laughs> well, he, you pointed to it. It looks like it's half out. Can you still hear out of it? Yeah, I can hear you good check, now. Check, check, baby. So so he's talking me off the ledge, and then uh, <laughs> he, he starts talking about how he, he can't find his bucks that he's looking for and this and that. And then it's, it's so easy to give somebody else advice, like talk talk them off the ledge, but then it comes back to you, and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have nothing going for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never kill a buck again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> it's it's funny I, I went i went through a cycle this week of like as i was out scouting and i i couldn't find any sign like i i someone had, had messaged me on instagram about they were like hey you know i'm I'm checking these spots and i'm not finding any sign i'm not i'm doing you know the things and i'm like don't you're not alone like i said i can't find anything right now and right. that's just that's just normal like it, you go through these phases of you can't 
you can't find don't you, you could be doing the right things it just might not be happening or it's not you know they're not laying down sign yet or whatever it might be and it's just like my advice is just check more spots like just keep keep moving i mean how many no matter how much we think that we might have something figured out or you have a, a clue it's just constantly just just keep trying and, and moving or and you know depending on what you're looking for the time of year well with this cold front that came in everybody i think everybody had high expectations i know i did and i wasn't seeing the movement that i was expecting to see but you know like this barn four jap said normal it's a core area yeah i'm like this is wrong it's gonna be colder gonna yeah, be moving. and i yeah. was out for three days i told i told bill i was like spot on bill <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was core area normal movement yeah. i didn't see shit yeah, yeah. no it it was i i thought yep. the same thing i was like this yeah. can't be right like, it can't this, be right this yeah, can't be right on. we're getting yeah. snow i said historically you know yep. snow and then rain and then after these scrapes are going to be wide open big bucks gonna come in 18 yards and he's done yeah like that's it was it was in my head and and spartan forge kept saying core area like like basically terrible yeah you know you have to be close to them and i didn't know where they were bedded at this point yeah like i haven't been out enough or having tabs on any of these deer and i i just i didn't feel you know confident and uh oh it was it was spot on and i didn't and you know this is a point where you kind of got to adapt you know i talk a lot about historical data and how it helps but there's sometimes that historical data isn't always right you know what i mean i sat a scrape that two years ago this one buck i was hunting october 14th at eight o'clock in the morning just did you know was he came out and hit this scrape i'm like it's gonna happen again same exact weather conditions <laughs> i didn't see a dang thing what's going on oh is he okay um yeah so sometimes that just that happens that way and there's not not anything that you can do about it really yeah it it, you know i and when i wasn't seeing anything the last two nights i've been pouring over camera data for back to 2009 i was back to trying to correlate you know because i you know there's one year i think it was 2018 there was activity on october 10th or 12th 13th and 14th heavy activity and it was actually a full moon you know that and uh but it was cold and it's like you know am i missing something here am i and uh but most of the majority i'd say 95 percent of my information that i went back through is you know these next couple days you know the, the 20th well today or tomorrow 21st 22nd you know you start seeing some of the uh younger bucks daylighting but come around the 25th, 26th, 27th is, you know, when you start getting the big boys daylighting. I mean, you have your exceptions. You can have yeah. a, a, a big boy, you know, middle of the month or even, well, I had him in end of September on scrapes. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, I was, you know, shocked, I guess, to say the least about not having the activity that I was expecting here the last few days. Well, I think, too, like the the early October and the mid October, it can be really good, but I think you got to be close to where they're betting. Oh yeah. I think gotta, you got to be, yeah. you got to have tabs on where they're, you know, betting at or, or get lucky that that scrape is that close to where they're betting. If you don't know, you know, that's in, in my opinion. And I don't think any of my cameras were located in locations where it was, yeah, it was good really. Yeah. And, and I, I don't sit on beds either because 
you know, I'm, I'm a scrape hunter, and if I can get a scrape close to a bed, that's great, but I don't feel they bed in the same. They're not consistent in their bedding, um, so I don't have anything real close to their beds that, mm-hmm. that I could feel confident. And if I do, I do have some ideas where some of these nice bucks that I'm hunting are bedding, but there's no easy access, and they're bedding in here for a reason. I know I'll get busted trying to get in there, so I don't... I don't want to push the issue this early, I guess. That's exactly what I was thinking, Joe. A couple spots, I'm like, southwest wind, I can maybe get in her hunt, but exactly what you said, it's early. I don't want to F it up now Yeah, when it's going to be good and the time's going to be in her. But that's, I mean, I, what you said you were thinking and saying, my, main, my mind was the same thing. I was like, I got places I can get in, but it's early. I don't want to mess it up. I know I can. Yep. Yeah, it's going to come. But what you were saying earlier, Bo, about like not finding the scrapes, uh, me and you had put a camera out this summer together, July 4th, and made a scrape. I had a pile of does hitting it all summer. These does hit it. And um, I think I maybe had one buck on it all summer. I'd check it maybe once a month. Doe, doe, doe. <clears throat> so on uh, the 15th, uh, 16th, I checked it. Does sprayed some shit on a scrape and. I checked it on the 18th. A doe hit it on the 16th that night. And that night and next night, two nights in a row, there was a total of seven bucks that hit the scrape. Wow. And there's scrapes in the woods. So like you were saying, you keep scouting and find it. You're not finding it. So maybe uh, one out of 50 does is in heat coming in, like maybe 20 to 24th. Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? 25th. Because yeah. I know last year in that spot – I rode down that road and I seen 140 inch on October 25th at two o'clock while it was raining, chasing a doe. So I'm like, I'm going back there this year and we're getting right on the heels of that 25th, that date. Maybe that doe's still there and maybe that's, maybe she's the one to hit that scrape on the 19th, 18th, 19th. I think this podcast will actually go out um that right around that yeah it'll be got the 25th so that'll be right at the time as this is starting to so i think i'm fortunate i got an area and i've been sticking with that area that maybe you know there's scrapes and seven bucks just showed up you know what i mean well i mean mm-hmm. you know like they're cruising at night and then if that doze there i mean not saying she ain't gonna wander around but it's like when i i do like historically put that in the back of your mind when you see something happen like that in the following year you want to get there about the same time especially that earlier 25th that buck was chasing a doe like wow two o'clock in the afternoon so um yeah and i use my camera data for for fawn birth you know when i pick up a farm a fawn in the spring i'll go back 200 days and try to figure out about oh okay when they might have been bred and i log that information you know is the you know i and, and i think a doe you know, I think their their core areas, they hang around the same area. You know, from uh, unless he was, you know, she was chased out of the area and he got bred. But uh, it gives me a good idea. You know, at least gives me some hope that you know maybe be some action happening that time frame. Why is this the first time I'm hearing about this, Mason? <laughs> That's some good information. You don't you don't listen when I tell you about. <laughs> okay. That's it. You you don't just don't listen. He told you all this. <laughs> if you would just listen to your dad once. <laughs> I, I, I listen. I listen to your podcast, and you're like, man, I got this is real good information. I'm thinking, 
I told him all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He he has so much in his computer processor brain, he just can't, he doesn't think that we can handle it. Yeah, he's probably right. Yeah. A couple couple hours ago, he was, we were talking about hunting evenings versus mornings, and we were talking about evening hunts, and my Uncle Joe starts going, ah, Back in 1987, killed one in the evening. 1995, mm-hmm. 1999. <laughs> just <laughs> listen off the years he got got his bucks in the evening. It's like how how do you remember all that? But I told you about this fawn birth thing when you were three. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I can't help if you can't remember. <laughs> yeah, you sure um, remembered. <laughs> See, tell you one. I'm, I'm gonna tell you one time, boy. That's it. <laughs> that's what I'm dealing with. Should got him a notepad. It's like when I got kicked out of hunting his his tree stands. Like I I wasn't allowed to hunt them. I was around. Got to cut the cord sooner or later. You got yeah yeah. Cut the cord. Get on your own. I was in college. I didn't have time to come home and scout. You know, and and he's like, no, it's it's time for you to you know push me out of the nest. And I didn't even have wings yet. I know. I talked to Bo once in a while over the past. What's your dad saying? I don't know. He won't tell me. Your dad, <laughs> he don't tell me. I don't know what he's seen. What kind of sheds he find? He won't tell me. I'm like, what? <laughs> really? He shares more with you than he does me. Yeah. Maybe you're. Yeah, you're his. Johnny's his son. He never had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> son, he always wanted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Mason, what about you with with uh, late October? What's what's like in the past? What's your luck been, or like cameras shown, or anything as far as like what you're looking at? I definitely like scrapes the end of October. I uh, I wouldn't say that I'm I'm overly successful. It, it seems like the last four four or five years I've been more of a second week in November guy. Just I don't know if it's by chance or or what, but uh, yeah, definitely I like my morning hunts too. I always have a lot of confidence going into mornings. I've, Versus evenings where uh, every every day I wake up and walk to my stand in the dark, climb up. I think it's going to be the it's, it's going to be the day. I have that feeling every single morning. I love my my frosty mornings, mm-hmm. even if it's going to be sixty sixty five during the day. If it's going to be a nice frosty morning, man, I I think it's going to happen every time. Yeah, it's tomorrow I think I, I'm going to say it. I think it's gonna, all of us are going to sleep in. I know me. I've been I've been saying that. I think tomorrow's going to be good. I'm gonna be out. I'm gonna be in my tree at six thirty. All right. Because I got that one. I'm gonna shake hands with him. <laughs> <laughs> Am I laughing? No, no. you're serious. <laughs> but I'll, I'll be shaking Bo when one walks by my camera tomorrow morning, and I'm at work. He yeah, talked, he talked told, me out of it. I told him not to, not to take off. The, don't, don't listen to me. You can't. You yeah. can't go. You can't go by my advice. It, it just feels like one of these days. It's just gonna open up. It has to. Yeah, it's gonna. We've been having phenomenal weather in October, and I th- I think like yeah, if we get if we get like the weather we had this past week, you know, next week I think is or as as this podcast goes out, like this week I think can be just phenomenal. So what do you think, Joe? Like I I looked at the weather; it's supposed to be next week, sixties, yeah. maybe seventy. I mean, yeah. what's your opinion? I mean, we're getting into morning hardcore pre rut is morning evening uh, still or any well going going through some of my. My my camera data, you know, back to 2009, the last few days. Um, I think October 30th is the day, but that's a Sunday, so you're not going to be able to go out. Yeah, <laughs> that to me is where the most when it seems like it starts as far as the mature bucks under feet and daylight uh, from my camera information. Uh, but um, 
No, I'll, 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 I'm just going to play it by ear as far as my, my time off, or I may hunt a couple mornings here next week. Um, it's going to be a day before decision for me on what days I go. But, you know, come come Halloween or, you know, the, well, the 29th would be that Saturday. But from there on out, um, yeah, I'll be off work that first that first week of November for sure. How about like now when you're like if you have an evening or after work uh, or a Sunday or not a Sunday <laughs> like a like a day that you would would you rather hunt or go check cam like we were talking earlier like keep checking cameras and like yeah until uh, you get I mean like this time of year twenty fifth twenty third twenty second I mean do you, do you keep trying to find fresher sign I mean definitely want to try to find a fresh sign but i'm going off of historical data as well so that's why i'm going through and see and right now you know i don't have anything that says this is where i need to sit tomorrow even yeah. though the, the weather conditions are going to be there but i know i'm probably going to be wrong i know one of my cameras is probably going to show me where i should have been yeah spartan ford is still saying core area yeah core yeah, area so maybe Normal. it's i think abnormal um saturday yeah I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked, I haven't looked at it like pat out past for for this area at least yet. But, um, yeah. But when you start seeing that, how it is correct, you really believe like then that it's that much more of a tool to sure. have. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going hunting today, or because I have something else I could, I need to do at home. Yeah, when you're when you're trying to battle like vacation or you're battling, you know. Um, you know, your boss is not a good person, but like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like when you're trying to like, and, and say like in Mason's shoes where he's looking at like, okay, I have five days of vacation left. When am I going to use them? That's, that's a very good tool to be able to definitely to, to use for that, to determine, you know, when you're going to go out my, in, in my opinion, I guess. Yeah. And especially if it aligns with some of your historical camera data, which it most likely will. Yeah. Um, that gives you that little extra bit of confidence to, yeah, this is the day, this is when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mason, you're talking about mornings. Like I've never, I, I, I was talking about this with Zach Varenbaugh on a podcast that'll come out next week, but I've never killed a deer during like late October or the rut first thing in the morning even though it feels great to me it's always like when the frost is burning off like almost like that nine ten o'clock in the morning time you know it's it's still cold but it's not where it's you know it's not at the 70 degree mark but it's not also at the 29 degree mark like i I, it could just be my setups too that aren't like they're not bedding type setups or you know scrapes that are you know associated with does most of the time is what it is or travel kind of areas and and i believe that like especially when it starts getting into the rut that those those bucks are waiting for those does to to bed down and sometimes those does aren't bedding down you know first thing in the morning it might take them a couple hours after daylight before they get settled in yeah my my this is my thought is those bucks are just laying they they take a little break they've been out all night Mm -hmm. running they take a break they lay down for a little bit and then they get up and they go and start checking checking out those does i don't know that's just been my experience with it no i i'd I'd second that for sure i i did shoot one of my last good bucks at first late but uh for the most part even on days that I'm, i'm not getting bucks which is more days than not is <laughs> the action is definitely picking up after the frost burns off yeah, yeah I, I always seen that and there's times i would go in like 
maybe a little bit after light just because I'm like, there's so many times I sat that got out there at dark and sit and it's like, I don't see nothing until that starts heating up. Yeah, there's only, yeah, and it, it's like two waves. You want to be there at daylight yeah. because it can happen. And then, you know, you know, in your situation, I've had a couple of nice bucks I've killed at first light. Um, but then there's a law, it seems like, until maybe, you know, 9, 30, 10 a.m., then it starts picking back up. Yeah, what what about what about scrape locations? You know, late October here, um, or like what what is a scrape that triggers? You know, let's start with you, Johnny. Like what when you find a scrape that you want to hunt, and you're like, I'm going to hunt this. You know, late October into November. What 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 makes that like a scrape you want to hunt? Because there's there can be hundreds of scrapes. What's at that point? I think a lot of the smaller ones are insignificant. You know, not a licking branch, but um, the bigger ones. For shitting them, I feel like man, they're feeling really good. They're even gonna take a dump there, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. No, no, I never saw that or never thought of that. I guess. Yeah, no, I've I've seen shit in the scrapes. Yeah, I so um, <laughs> I never overthought it too much. I feel like if they feel so good about the spot that they got to drop a deuce. You don't, you don't shit in your scrapes, do you? <laughs> I ain't gonna say. That's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. all right so bigger bigger scrapes licking branch so um yeah bigger scrapes licking branch um yeah something significant um the bigger the better if it's the size of this table it's like whoa yeah, a lot of deer are hitting it um yeah that time of year just that that's you know they're they're trying to communicate you know and if there's a lot of deer communicating then it's always about being downwind you know like don't you know you could set up on it if you can have a good winter you know but they just like the place i'm hunting now is a flat and um it drops off and deer come up with a thermal you know the wind blows that way all the time southwest and they come up and they just start scraping just i think after being bedded all day and that's where a lot of rubbish like i thought about it I think after being bedded all day in that core location and their testosterone's already ready they could breed a doe right now but in their core, there's, you know, they, they want to, it's like, I feel like they're just like ready to go, like bottled to, up. Like yeah. You, bottled like up. You shake a Coke bottle before you pop the tap. Yeah. And then they're going to get out and then that's when them, you know, a couple hundred yards from where they're laying all night, you start finding them scrapes. But, um, that, that kind of, what that tells me is that, um, <clears throat> this is, um, where they're heading right at dark and that and try to get use the wind go down maybe 100 yards closer try to get near their bed as long as you ain't um, messing with them you know but um yeah something with a bigger licking branch um bigger size to the scrape fresh so um but then make sure all the components are there make sure which it will be if that scrapes there the does are close or, or you know he's trying to claim that territory cover everything that's that's uh that's probably we're gonna find that you know and then hunting pressure is a big thing too, you know. Just pay attention to the pressure if that's if that's messing with them. How you know? And then it comes into play. Is this totally nocturnal? Would well, this time of year, it probably most majority of it is in a, in a 20, 18, 19, 20, 20 range. But not saying it all is. But um. well, I'm shooting a new bow this year, and I am pumped. After playing around with a buddy's Hoyt RX8. 
The smile on my face made the decision for me. The first thing I noticed with the new Hoyts were their extremely smooth draw cycles and the ability to adjust the back wall to make it rock solid like I prefer. I outfitted my own RX-8 with the inline accessories that made installation extremely easy and balanced out the bow. My favorite accessory so far is a simple one. It's a GoSticks 2.0 adjustable legs to make your bow like a tripod, but it doesn't interfere with any part of the bow or the limbs or anything like that. In addition, the integrated kickstand within the HBX Exact Cams protect your string from excess wear when you put your cam into the dirt. Ground hunting or spot and stock just got easier. If you want to experience what I'm talking about, head to your nearest Hoyt dealer and take a test drive yourself. You can learn more at Hoyt.com. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at themobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. Yeah, but it's a lot of that with your cameras now. You're going to have to figure that stuff out. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's always a learning process and it never ends you know what i mean you just play some in i've been hunting here eight ten years i'm dropping more pins and learning more about it and checking spots and, and fine-tuning and, and stuff like that and so yeah just it's a never-ending game yeah what about you dad what's what's your ideal scrape location look like well i actually i ran uh, 15 cameras on scrapes pretty much year-round here and I got two of them that have had year-round activity to where, you know, maybe twice a month, you know, even back in March, April, you know, there'd be two two times in that month. And, you know, between 7 and 13 days apart, they'd, they'd be hitting the scrapes. And you can see that, you know, the, the, uh, the knobs, even the does were hitting them. And uh, so those, those two scrapes have me kind of excited. Uh, but the problem is they are close to bedding. And they are very difficult to get into, I think, without the perfect situation. Um, I did attempt, I did do a hunt on one of them mainly to get in and check my camera uh, here the other day. And, um, you know, I had, well, I sent you the photos. They were nighttime, though. Uh, but uh, throughout the summer, it was actually, I have a lot of daytime activity going on on those scrapes that I was actually surprised with. Um, but uh, now they're, they're definitely this last month they have been nocturnal and i haven't had any pressure there whether other people have been in there and, and put some pressure on or or it's just their their nature you know that um, they're nocturnal this time of the year but sooner or later they're going to start you know showing themselves in daylight but uh but other than that um you know i, I still like my crick bottom scrapes um uh but yeah they have to be you know, it seems like this time of year they hit them and then they might go dormant for a week um, if, if you're after one particular buck. So if you if you go and check your cam and you have the information, you got to just try to time it out and don't want to waste your time, I guess, you know, sitting there uh, hoping he comes back in two or three days. He could, but just from my experience and my, my, hmm. my past information, 
um, it doesn't seem like it happens that way, at least the bucks that I haven't been hunting. Now, other bucks can visit it, so there is, you know, the, the chance anything could show up. But um, I, yeah, I, I, you know, scrapes are my, my go-to setup, um, you know, starting here in probably next week. Yeah. What about you, Mason? Are, I don't even know if I know this answer before you say it, but do you, are scrapes a big part of your setups, like it's late October, November? I don't know. I feel like a lot of my stands are pretty, pretty, pretty goofy setups where I, I just get a, I have spots where I just get a good feeling. Like, yeah. I, feel, I, I feel like this is where the bucks are going to come through. And if there's scrapes there, I feel better about it for sure. Uh, late October at, t- to me, at, in my mind, I'm thinking about my ideal late October setup and it's like uh 20 or 30 year old stand of trees or it's kind of, a lot of like pool trees where they're just barely big enough to get a stand in. A lot of beach brush, some scrapes nearby. So I like something about those pool stands oh, yep, this time yep. of year. I, I just really like. Uh, that's 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 good, and it's it's funny because when you when you and I scout together, um, I I always try to pull information out of here, have you think of it, because you just know from experience, like as far as like what feels good or what you know looks good. But remember, I remember you and I were scouting in the spring, and we came to a spot, and I agreed with you. You're like, this is where I'd set up, and I was like, why? And like, I don't know, it just feels good. <laughs> but it was just like, but it was, it was kind of that situation. It was kind of those pole stands and it had like this, it was like a little bit of a kind of an opening there, just sort of crest over yeah, the hill. Yeah, the the And hill. it had, you know, it, yeah, it had that, you know, so it had that spot where you could see a buck, you know, moving along that hill and feeling good, had some thick cover that made them feel good. And I think a lot of times we can overcomplicate, but it's like, all right, what you look at it and it's like, all right, does this if you were an old deer that's trying to escape people and also look for does, you know, d- d- is there something here that's lining up to, you know, with this cover and everything that makes them feel secure and, and do it? You know, I could, after you and I scouted there, I came across the spot that I actually revisited yesterday in the spring. And I was like, this is where I want to set up. But it took me after saying that and then trying to more so like as I try to, you know, be able to educate even like through this podcast and everything is like why you know so i'm looking at like i started pulling out the map and i'm like okay there's a draw it's coming up here we got to cut here cut here and swamp here and it's just like they're gonna travel through here you know there's probably gonna be does bedding in this cut there's a bunch of briars in there and there's those you know types of things but no that's that's interesting about the 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 pole stands that's a good a good add-on there some of those some of those older cuts can be can be pretty good I, I like those a lot i think you spend a lot of time in those yeah uncle mike spends a lot of time in those i, I really like if you have a newer clear cut that's like four or five years old and then you have those pole stands on mm-hmm. the, the downwind side of it getting in those pole stands that's i love those setups yeah yeah that's that's that definitely is so one one thing that i i put a question out on uh instagram about what people's biggest struggles are during the rut and ended up with like 380 responses and no joke over 80 percent of them had were the same question worded a little bit or differently one was well i'll I'll word it like a couple of the different points from it basically is confidence and your setup or which spot to go to when you have multiple ones that that you could go to and how long do you give it as far as like do i sit here for two days do i sit here for 
eight days you know what and and we're all like smirking for anyone that's listening to the audio version because like we all we all have these conversations constantly and it usually takes a lot of times me calling one of you other guys to like be like hey you know this is and because it's easier to give advice to somebody when you're not the one that's personally invested in that situation oh for sure (laughs) yeah Yeah. what do you think about that mason oh we yeah we all we all we all go through all of us go through it. It's it's a matter of waking up every day, having having anxiety, talk, talking yourself through it. And it's one thing that, that helped me is is uh, not not so much this year because I'm I'm on, looking for one buck this year. But years where I'm not really focused on one buck is is getting all of your your stand setups, put all your best stand setups on a, a spreadsheet, mark the best wins for them, and then. Uh, you wake up in the morning and you check the wind and it's like, okay, Southwest wind, you filter out, you look at your Southwest, Southwest wind stands and it's like, okay, there's two to four options. It's okay. Now I, I know where to go. These are my options for the day. It narrows down what you, what you have to think about. And it really simplifies picking your spot. It, it yeah, it, hel- it helps simplifies. You. I think it does. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets it down some. Yeah. <laughs> But when you it, it it gets complicated when you're looking for one or two bucks, but when you're yeah. when you're just hunting, I mean, it to me it made it so much easier. Versus so, some days you you get the you get a wind and you pull up your maps, it's like I don't have confidence in any of these stands, right? <laughs> so also I think having a lot of stands helps too. Where, where I don't know about anybody else, but to me having a lot of options where you're always you're hunting a fresh stand more times than not. You either haven't sat yet or you've only sat a couple of times to me that that gives me confidence that i not to say if you, so you bounce around more than sitting in the same tree it it depends but i feel like my confidence goes up more when i bounce around gotcha i, I think it's it's all mental i don't know if there's anything more to it if yeah. it's strategic but i feel better about it yeah but that mental side of it is that that's a big yeah. that's a big deal and johnny talks about it a lot you talk about a lot. Mason talks about a lot. We like, talked about it today too, is almost every morning we go to the stand, we feel like today's the day, but come, come like 10 o'clock, you're thinking about the next yeah, day. Yeah, you're, you're thinking, thinking about, you're thinking about where am I going to go rifle hunting? This ain't, this ain't going to work. I, <laughs> I, I, I told Bo today, I go, I, I can only think of like one deer I've ever shot where I was confident I was going to kill a deer that day. <laughs> it's like going to the stand, I think I'm going to kill a deer, but while I'm sitting in the tree, it's like, I should have been over here today. This ain't going to happen. And all of a sudden a deer shows up and I shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, what I've been doing is because I do the same thing. I think I did all my homework that I know I just got to get in a tree and pull my bow back because he's going to walk out. You know what I mean? Like I feel like, yeah. and then when the hours go by and they're like, you're kind of yeah. like, what? He ain't got they Then the days go by. You're like, I guess. I thought, then you start looking at your maps. Where am I going to go? How come this ain't working? But what I started doing this year is like, okay, what are the reasons that put you here? Let's put them all down yeah. and say, let's go. Okay, okay. The wind is right. I was able to sneak in here every time. There's does that are right here. There's um, a lot of scrapes. Well, I got bucks on camera. Did, and then the big thing is did I mess, did I put the pressure on the deer? Cause we talk about pressure, pressure and deer and how hunters in general do it. But then when you start walking the woods, you're putting pressure. Did I mess it up? Was the wind going too much the wrong way? Is it swirling? Did I mess the spot up? You know, but I put all the optim like the positive things down, like in mentally, say, okay, there's five reasons. Yeah, that one day I spooked them two does here. But I think 
for the most part, my win's right, everything's good, and it can be a waiting game. But if you you've got to reassure yourself, you know that yeah, this it, there's these are all the reasons that put me here. So let's just just help your confidence when the hours go by and you're not seeing the deer that you want to shoot and stuff like that. But but then I was talk talking about being realistic. Okay, well I. I bumped that one buck here, and then my wind was blowing the wrong way. That uh, yesterday I was in here, and and then and, and so maybe there's more reasons for you to go to another spot, you know. But it, it's it you got to be. But then again, if you get in it right again, some random buck could come through. But for the most part, if you got the like, there's some areas I can hunt every day, and the wind's right. But you got the wind swirling this and that, and you you start pulling, you start letting one or two deer know. It's like they have a conversation with each other through the woods, <laughs> and they say, "This dude's down or don't go." I swear they, you know, they have language somehow. I don't know how it is, but um, <laughs> but I, I feel like you know. It is a, it's, and that's what I like about hunting. It's not as <clears throat> sometimes not the physical game, but it's mentally like. It's more of that than anything, in my opinion. Yeah, you're you right. Know. It's yeah, more it's, mental. It's, there can't, especially based on that survey too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mentally, it, it is. A, it is a. Uh, it's a game that you're playing in your head to see if you know to figure it out. But then, like what Mason said, I have a ton of spots. You know, all, all over. You know, whether it's one deer and you got all these spots, or you got, um, and then we talking about earlier, like even if you have to do it after dark go check a couple cameras you know and i try to keep some spots close to the road that i can have you know i don't live here so i can get get about four or five six cameras check boom 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 and i'm like okay i got some some good spots you know if you got like two spots that are way back in the woods you got to walk all the way back and you know it's like it's no good so you got to have a variety have some close to the road where you can or you get out and say you're going to get out and eat lunch i'm going to grab a couple cameras oh like today i got out and uh I was able to check four or five cameras real quick. Invasive went in and out right along the road. So that's that's um, to have more options. And then there's times where you check in cameras, you're four or five buck. Hey, it's happening right now, you know. So let's get it, let's abandon this ship, and I think let's let's jump on board here and keep like scouting's always in all of our you know like that, that's always. Um, when you're in that stand, you're, you're kind of looking at, you know, you, if you got, you pull your map up, you're looking at, like, that's why I look at me at noon. I want to check ease to make a play for the night or I can come back to this spot. Just having all your options, you know what I mean? But don't, yeah. don't sell yourself short on your spot. If you ain't been screwing it up, you know, it's just, it just, yeah. I mean, in the big woods, it's not, you're not, the deer aren't always just, they're not always going to be through there just because it's a perfect morning. And it's at, it doesn't mean that they're going to come in front of you. You know, I mean, there's like, if you have a good spot that you feel good about and things are lining up and you look at your pros and cons list and you're looking at something, like, it's probably going to happen at some point. It, yeah. But there's, there is that, there is that, that line of like, do I sit there for 10 days straight? And after, you know, day six i ain't seen anything you know that's 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 a hard and i struggle with it too you know i don't i don't put a limit on i've sat in some trees for six days in a row and then there'll be some i bounce after one and and that's it's it's really hard to put it into this you know like information on the podcast of like when to do it and there's not really a hard number or whatever that you can do it's it's more of kind of one i think johnny put it really good of like the feeling of okay 
did, did I blow everything out in, you know, this area? Did I bump things in coming in? You know, what, what was I doing now during the rut? It's a little bit different. You know, there's deer coming from everywhere. Those bucks would be, that, that buck could have been three miles away right. coming over there. And he just knows that doe group was there from when he came and did a loop in the summer, you mm-hmm. know, you know, like he's coming to look for those deer and that doesn't matter. Like there's, there's times where I've hunted right on doe bedding areas knowing that I was going to blow them out, not caring because I was like, a buck's going to come look for them. You're right. Yeah, yeah. the scent's there. The, the scent's laid down. You blow yeah. them out, it's no big it deal. It don't matter, yes. Yeah. And that's so, snorting and that, it don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care about it during, during the rut. What about you, Dad? Well, I agree with Mason. I do never mind down to the wind directions, but that still might take me down to four or five stands, sites. So, and I don't know if you remember, you know, I'd lay maps out for you, you know, just in case something happened, I didn't come home. And, uh, but I'd have, you know, three, four, five waypoints circled. I could be in any one of these stands. And like, you don't know where you're going. No, I don't. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, I start driving and I let my gut take over. Yeah. I mean, it's, I it just, it, it's a feeling that I can't explain, but that usually directs me and, you know, I end up in one of them and most of them don't have cell service, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I rely on that, but it's, and I think that gut instinct is more based off, you know, the camera history, the, the years of history, hunting those experience, areas, yeah. experience, experience. Yeah. yeah, it comes down to the experience on it, uh, that makes you feel better about the spot. And then you might get in there and then, you know, eight thirty nine o'clock rolls around and say, you know, you plan on doing all these sit and it's like, no, this, it just don't feel right. Mm-hmm. And you know, for whatever reason, maybe the wind's swirling a little bit, this or that, uh, which during a rut, I don't, I, 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 I sit through that type of swirls or if you blow the dough yeah. out, I sit through that because, or even if a, a deer starts blowing at me, you know, I blow back at it and, you know, it seems like that helps some unless they want to get into a, you know, Well, yeah, it depends on the blowing. Like if yeah. it's like, <laughs> and you hear yeah. them going away, it's like, all right, you're not recovering yeah. from that one. But if they're sitting out there and they just blow once in a while and it's just like you're hoping they're going to leave but you then you're trying to make it sound like you're deer too and you're smelling the same thing but it's okay just hang around and just shut up you know kind of thing and uh and i've i've had bucks come by 15 minutes later after a deer blowed at me yeah, you know they're, they're like there's a deer there yeah and it's a doe and it could be in heat yeah so he's gonna come check it out yeah so yeah, i i guess it comes down to gut feeling for me you know from the experience um and as far as the number of sits in a day, yeah, it, you know, you know, the, the buck I shot last year, I sat the day before all day and never seen a deer. I sat the day before that. Well, I, I, I had an encounter with them that morning on the ground. That's why I put the stand, you know, climbed up in the saddle there. But then they had that bird hunter come in under me that, that Friday evening. Yeah. And that's like, usually I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be screwed up for a week you know or a few days but i mean they're so used to that the the, the bird hunters anymore there's a there's a lot of bird hunters out there and uh them deer are used to the dogs and, and that intrusion i don't think it's much of an intrusion anymore it's like it used to be or at least i used to think it wasn't a big intrusion and i'd avoid those areas but you're probably the best person to speak on this based on your season last year because i i remember all of us were you were hunting that that big buck that you ended yeah. up getting, and and you were going days upon days without seeing oh, much yeah. at all, and all of us were having phenomenal days. Oh yeah, I listened to you guys. And, oh, I seen this buck, I seen this and that. And yeah. If it wasn't honestly, if it wasn't for Bo and and and, and Rhonda, and you know, in my ear, just 
Yeah. You got to hold out. You know, they even had Kurt on board. You know, I'd be talking to Kurt on the phone. Oh, Dad, you got to hold out for that box. It's like, <laughs> you don't get it. Yeah, God. How long can you, you even talk to him? He wouldn't even respond to my text anymore. <laughs> how long can you sit in a stand and not see anything? And, you know. So, so what? What were you doing there? Were you were you moving stands a lot, or were you sitting the same ones? I had uh, well, I was I had only one fixed stand, and then I would go in the saddle. Had a couple of trees uh, and just random trees. I you know from still hunting when I could still hunt that I would climb. You know, actually the tree I shot out of wasn't one of the stand sites I had. There was a scrape there, and I did pick them up on a scrape that scrape, uh, and it wasn't a. I wouldn't call it a community scrape. I'd call it an aggressive, you know, aggression scrape where it was, test, yeah, it was tore up a little bit the one time and that's what made me, and it was a nice trail there. I thought, well, maybe, you know, the, it seems like it's a, a, a good doe trail, I guess, coming out of the clear cut. And I thought, you know, I'll see what's running this thing. And, you know, the, you, you get in a rut and then bucks are going to be, you know, coming down that trail or at least, you know, coming, coming through there. And I did pick them up on that camera. And so that, that's why I ended up actually, when the conditions were right, I decided to still hunt that side of the clear cut. And I had my encounter with them. And then, um, you know, I kind of tried to follow them and try to, you know, keep on grunting at them. And got to the point where I just didn't, I wasn't turning them. He was chasing a doe. And I thought, well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to climb that tree and just wait the rest of the day out. And then and that's when that bird hunter ended up coming in on me that evening. And then I'm thinking, well, for lack of, by then I'm wore down. I mean, this is, you know. You know Mentally, yeah. Yeah, I'm mentally wore down. It's just like, you know what, I, I've been all over this, around this clear cut in different stands for the different winds. And for the wind I was dealt with that Saturday, it's like, I, I got, I'm just going to go back to that same tree again. Even though that bird hunter was in there the night before. And uh, then I, you know, the whole day thinking, I'm thinking, this is the wrong move because <laughs> I wasn't seeing yeah. nothing, you know, nothing. And then uh, for lack of a better place to sit, I went in there that Sunday morning, you know, we're not on a hunt that Sunday, and and it was a totally different world. I mean, so, but I guess, I mean, the wind was right for what I wanted. Could I have gone some of my other tree stand sites with the wind I was dealt that morning? Probably, uh, but this this was a uh, it was the best setup I had, you know, based off the information I had. So that's why I gave it another day. I mean, you know, I've heard in the past people say, "Oh, you give it, you know, three days. You give it four days. You only give it, you know, your one day, and you move on." But uh, I think it comes down to your, you know, what you're seeing, and if you feel confident that you didn't screw things up based off of your your entrance. I thought I had a good entrance and exit to that stand. That uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I messed it up the days I was in there. Well, obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it worked out. Well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It was. I still think it was a stroke of luck. <laughs> I mean, See, I don't believe area. in luck. Everybody says good luck. I said, don't even tell me. Well, luck, Johnny responds every single time I say good luck. I just say it out of habit. <laughs> he says, don't wish me luck. I don't believe it. I don't believe in luck. Everything you did. All your Brings work makes makes it happen. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I don't like. You know, I just as I say, good luck. You know, I guess it's just a turn. You say good luck, yeah. but I know it's. And then when you maybe luckily shoot a deer, I still don't believe. Like you were out there, you did your work, you researched it. You maybe it was a new area, but you were there and you made it happen. You know, so you should be saying, your time. follow your yeah. plan. 
Exactly. Instead of good luck. Follow your plan. That's John. right. Follow your plan. Follow Think, your gut. Follow, follow your, your gut. gut. There you go. I'm going to start saying that to you now. Follow that's your you gut. Need gut. And that's, I think I told someone that. The just, problem is I have rock gut, and it just kind of leaks out every direction. <laughs> I don't know which way to go. I think I just told you that. I said, <laughs> listen to your instincts. Just don't. Yeah. Then you start chasing cameras. Yeah. You know, get well, the inventory. That's the other thing. Yeah. And, 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 and I, do, I do it more this time of the year. I chase the camera. But I've sat, and I know you've sat over scrapes that had cameras on them mm-hmm. where they just go downwind of the scrape. Exactly. Or they, they don't even hit the camera. I, I, I watched five bucks, one, this is years ago, I watched five bucks go past my stand that never hit the scrape. I if I wouldn't have been there, I would have thought, oh, this thing, this scrape's And dead. I've been like, even yeah. tonight, like all, you know? I'm, I'm going downwind as far as I can, usually about 100 yards as long as I can get them. Just, I'm not sitting there because it's just, mm-hmm. especially this early in the year, they're not like dumb. It's like, I'm coming. I got all day being in my core. You're looking to movement on Spartan Forge core. He's just chilling. He's just like chilling. He's like, he like lays there. I could see him just get up and just like <laughs> scrapes over and just be like, you know what I mean? Not like I have to go. I don't have to, you know, go some deer, Paul, some, I, I've seen deer just hit some of my scrapes, just hit the licking branch, not even Paul. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, look at the leaves. Nothing's been here. Well, those scrapes I was telling you about in the summer, that's all they did. They didn't paw anything. They always hit just the looking branch. Mm-hmm. No, they're yeah, I think the downwind is a big thing. Now I'm just I'm just not even hunting over the scrape anymore. I'm just going downwind. Hmm. You know, this time of year, I'm just going. Yeah. Like today I was, this morning, so I was on a flat, and then uh, there was an east-west kind of where the flat kind of dropped down like an elevation change, maybe 50-foot 50, 50 elevation change, and and the wind blew, blew that way, and I just got right on the edge of that. You know, and the scrapes were like 100 yards in from that, that break in the, in the elevation. It was just like a kind of a flat with like a ridge line, I guess. It, And then the scrapes were like 100 yards up, you know, like south, and I just, I just got as far as I could to that edge because I'm like, I don't even want to hunt the scrape because they could just – you know, this time of year being like, they're going to smell smell the scrape without even mm-hmm. getting, I just went straight downwind and just, just sat there. I'm like, because this is, this is where, to me, a mature deer is going to be, not just for the scrape, but the whole flat, the rent, like, you know, and that whole, like, break was east-west that went down and it was southwest wind. Like, he's just going to, he's just going to walk that whole edge if he wants. He can smell every scrape in the area, everything that's going on. So I just... I got as far downwind and just, you know, this morning. Well, it was different this morning. I headed, I hunted over that scrape, and there was a thermal pulling him, pulling the air down mm-hmm. where 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 it broke. And then I looked at my watch, eight thirty. The thermals come up, and there was four doe on that flat. That's when they went down that hill. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think they were staged up there um, in the morning on that flat from the night before, and in like I felt like the morning I can I can catch them deer like running east west, maybe a buck checking that scrape. You know what I mean? Because I before the ther- you know before uh, the thermals started rising because the wind was pulling it down, cresting that hill. But I think they were already up on that flat from the night, hanging out. You know, just oh let's check that scrape. So like I like in the morning I didn't mind hunting right over that scrape. You know what I mean? Right before daylight, the thermals were pulling it, cresting down. But I don't think the deer were down. It's vast down over that hill. I don't think they were down in there. They were on a flat from the night before, like how we said, like a frosty one may lay in there. So then I think I was, I felt comfortable hunting that scrape. 
you know. And then once the thermals start rising, that's when the does, they, that's 8.30, I looked at my watch, and then here come does out of nowhere, and they were dropping down over that hill. That's where they wanted to be. So, I mean, there's a lot, to, I mean, there's a lot to it. You just got to, like, think about them and, you know, survival and playing the wind. And But then again, you go back to the West Virginia deer. I was five days of northeast wind, and he, he them deer left with the wind in their back, you know what I mean? But I think it comes with association. Like, hey, sure. we ain't never been effed with here. And then, like, the place. Yeah, they're comfortable. Why, why change their pattern? And, yeah, and, like, the place I'm hunting now where I told you, I, I never knock on wood where I just, the situation I was just in, I haven't seen anybody else hunting there where I feel like he might not, he, you know, in the evenings he comes up there, he might not have to get down when a scrape. He could just, he might hit it. But I'm just still, like, covering all bases. I'm getting downwind. But, um, you know, if a buck for the last four years was on that flat, not at the not at the edge where it crest where he'd be downwind, um, then he's just going to walk that flat if it worked every time for him. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know that, you know. So maybe our cameras will tell us something. But it's just just always asking yourself questions and, and dropping cameras and learning and hunting. Well, that's where the clustering of the cameras, you know, running multiple cameras on every possible trail system that may come through there would help you for the most part, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, maybe not missing something, but uh, but then you gotta you get you're tying a lot of cameras up in one area. Yeah, I mean yeah. it definitely works without a doubt, and that's what I ended up doing last year. Is once I I found them for your certain horn. for a certain deer like yeah. that buck. Yeah, you yeah, drop I, a bunch I cluster, of cameras in there. But yeah. I mean I know you've been clustering a lot in the last few years, um, just because you do have a lot of cameras and yeah. you can you can and it, it does tell you a lot more than oh it tells you a ton i mean yeah, yeah you yeah it's, i've learned a ton from clustering cameras where i'll have like I, I was telling you the other day about like up in you know one area i have 13 cameras out and i don't have much good in there but i have one good buck and he only hit one of those cameras and they're very close together some of them and he only hit one camera well, remember years like, ago, I was, I was hunting that one buck, and um, I, I moved every camera I had. I had nine cameras I owned at that time. I moved every camera I had around. I, um, I only picked them up on one scrape prior to that. But I had eight other cameras around there within a couple hundred yards out to a half a mile trying to find his range and never picked them up on another camera on another scrape. Just the one scrape. He only hit that one scrape. I believe it. That ape, that big ape point I killed two years ago too. Uh, there was one point I had three cameras on it, like in a triangle, right? One right on the point and two off the edges of it. And that ape point, I never had a single picture of it on either of those three cameras. And I went in there one one night just because I still had a good feeling about the spot. And uh, I jumped them right in the center of the three cameras. Wow. Never had one camera once. Wow. Either of those three. That spot that me and you, well, that I was just talking about earlier, where me and you put that camera on a scrape by that railroad bed there mm -hmm. in the summer, and then the seven bucks came, um, and two nights the doe hit it, and seven bucks came. Well, I checked it this morning. Two days went by, and it's easy, to, it's easy access. I checked it, and it's like nothing hit it. I think it was maybe a yearling hit it at like 8 or 9 in the morning. 20 yards from it, there was a big scrape. A buck come by, and a rub. I'm like... And he didn't hit my scrape. You know what I mean? And I'm start wondering, like, is, is this the one I'm trying to find? Should I be putting a scrape camera on this this deer? But um, it's, it's, you know, like you said, Joe said, 
he maybe it is a big buck that they, I don't. Sometimes I feel like there are other, and I don't even want to. I'll make my own scrape. This is my, ter- you know what I mean? Kind of like <laughs> attitude like that. I ain't even going with all them does. And I got three year olds hitting that scrape. Like there were seven deer, but seven bucks, but no like one forties, fifties, no monsters. And I'm like, maybe this is the one over here. He made it twenty yards away. I'm like, well, I I've had that happen plenty of times where you have a camera on a scrape. And they'll make one on the back yeah. side of the tree. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll change your scrape. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll relocate it. There's no them. doubt that cameras affect, yeah. affect them, and, and and certain deer are affected differently. There's some that love being there, having their photos taken. Oh yeah, video, and they yep. just they 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 love it. They're kind of like they're kind of like Johnny. They just like being on camera. They like having they, they like the, the attention. They like the attention. I mean, when you look, it's good. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. You know. Well, yeah, it, that's right, John. <laughs> yeah no there's but photogenic yeah that's 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 what we'll go Do you have back. insurance on your face john oh yeah i figured you did <laughs> <laughs> as i mentioned earlier this is a two-part series so this one's cutting off and we'll jump into the second part of this episode here on thursday of this week Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.